Linda von Talberg for Bears News. It might be still early in the year, but the temperature is already rising and the build-up towards the ANC's elective conference that is taking place in December. Well, it appears that Lindivia Susulu has already thrown her hat in the ring with her public attack on the judges and the constitution. Well, to help us unpack what it all means and what is likely to happen and whether President Cyril Ramaphosa can hang on to his position and if this is going to be the ruling party's swan song, I have Sri Pillay in the business virtual studio. He's the director of Africa of the highly respected international political analysts, the Eurasia Group. Well, thanks for joining us, Sri. Thanks for having me, Linda. Pleasure to talk to you today. Okay, what are the early indications? So I think uh, the early indications are that President Cyril Ramaphosa's position as president of the ANC is relatively safe. Um, I think there's a realization within the party that, uh, you know, across both factions of the ANC, the RET faction and, you know, the CR17, uh, now 22 faction, that Ramaphosa's popularity uh, is greater than that of his party across South Africa. Um, making it an asset for the ANC heading into the 2024 general election. So I think if you take that view and look forward to the 2024 election, it's something that uh, the ANC needs to rely on as a party, given the reputational damage it suffered uh, due to state capture, poor service delivery, as well as that of the July unrest, which occurred in South Africa. So I think what we're going to see this elective conference is an elective conference that is characterized by intense competition for the remaining top five positions in the party, um, as well as a high level of contestation for the deputy president position in the ANC, as well as that of secretary general. I think also, you know, uh, you quite correctly said Nduwe Sisulu's been quick out the starting blocks in uh, 2021. And I think this is something that's going to be a, a theme throughout this year, is further attacks on uh, state institutions, primarily by those uh, who are looking to be the leader of the RIT faction within the ANC. And I think, you know, it would be quite symbolic that, you know, these attacks would generally come through op-ed pieces in newspapers, as we've seen over the years. So I think that will be a a running theme throughout uh, 2022 as we build up to the conference. Well, you talked about attacks, and it could be worse than just newspaper advertisement or verbal attacks. That faction showed what they are capable of when they threw Jacob Zuma in jail. Couldn't it lead to violence? I think, uh, you know, there's a couple of factors that do raise the risk of political violence in South Africa. Primarily, of course, would be the findings from the Zondo Commission interstate capture and the publication of the reports, which will likely implicate former President Jacob Zuma, as well as his inner circle, you know, in uh, state capture, and which could be used as a narrative by the RIT faction within the party to claim that there's a broader political conspiracy against them. And the destabilizing effect of this really comes in when you look at the potential removal of political elites at a local, provincial, and national government level through the state capture report's findings. And also, I think it's important to note that a number of the implicated persons in this report, you know, span a large range of government uh, state-owned enterprises, as well as more local bodies uh, that will likely come to the fore. And I think this really now does depend on whether or not President Sol Ramaphosa decides to act on the outcomes of the report, which I think he will. 
It's just a question of how willing he is to implement the full ambit of recommendations that uh, Acting Chief Justice uh, Zondo has come out with. Well, I'm going to talk more about Zondo later, but one thing that I noticed, I was at the previous conference, there was a lot of horse trading when we were on the floor and there were rumors of vote buying. It's going to be rough. If you say your prediction is that Ramaphosa will pull through, couldn't that destabilize it, vote buying, what goes on in the branches? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one thing that's always been uh, a factor in ANC elective conferences is a high level of secrecy over, you know, the uh, elective process, as it were. And that's changed substantially, uh, you know, over the years of Polokwane and now Nazareth. And I think this year you're going to see likely it will be a more open contest with uh, politicians and uh, high-ranking government officials that are party members looking to stake their claim quite publicly. Uh, as we saw with the uh, Minister of Justice, Ronald Lamola, uh, on the January the 8th uh, at the ANC's uh, celebrations, coming out and saying that he'd be willing to uh, run for the deputy president position. You know, this is something that previously you wouldn't really have seen also from someone so young in the ANC. And I think, you know, the level of ambition of younger ANC leaders to try and depose some of the older generation within the party and to take their rightful place uh, among senior leadership positions in the party is something else that will be a theme this year. Um, Mabuza was really surprising because it was clearly a deal that was made. What do you think his position is? He's been missing in Russia. He seems to be ceremonial. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, you can't count uh, David Mabuza out at any time. He's someone, uh, you know, they call him the cat for a reason. He has more than nine political lives, that's for sure. Uh, and I think, you know, ahead of this conference, while many people are writing him off as, uh, you know, having burnt his political capital and, you know, not really having been uh, somebody that's uh, been visible enough in the role as deputy president. I think uh, for President Ramaphosa, you know, David Mabuza played a role at the, uh, at the last conference, which ultimately delivered him the ANC presidency. This time around, I think, you know, given his health issues and uh, also, you know, changes within the uh, political architecture at a provincial level in the Northwest will count against him. I think that there will be a new deputy president of the party. Uh, what happens to David Mabuza is a bit of a guessing game at this moment in terms of um, whether he retains a top six position in the party. And I think that's something that'll be a watch point. Who are the other characters we should watch? What about Paul Machadile? Definitely. Um, so I think other people to watch, uh, you know, Paul Machadile is somebody that I think has aspirations for high office uh, within the party. I don't think you can count him out. I also think President Ramaphosa will have to pay back some of the goodwill that has been shown to him at provincial branches in the country where members of his faction have been fighting, you know, to retain power for him within the NEC as well. So I think, you know, there are a number of um, of younger ministers as well as provincial allies that the president will have to back on his slate. And I think Zalani Sol is somebody that should definitely watch as well, as well as Minister Kubai is somebody I think that, you know, has uh, shown a great deal of loyalty to the president. 
I think uh, the president's also shown that uh, she's a trusted pair of hands in his eyes. And then, you know, you also have other characters uh, within government, like David Masondo, deputy minister, young, ambitious, somebody I think that has aspirations, but also within the party is quite trusted. So I think these are just a few of the names that are definitely ones to watch. What are people like Ace Mahashule going to do? So I think as far as uh, Ace Mahashule goes and, you know, the RET camp are concerned, I think uh, the ANC step aside resolution when it was implemented did sideline a lot of the faction. And, you know, it really changed the power dynamics within the ANC. And I think it portrayed the right message to South Africans that the ANC was trying to clean up its act. And it was a bold move by President Ramaphosa and one that is uh, being attacked again this year with some calling for the step-aside resolution to be abolished. I think that the President Ramaphosa has made it quite uh, clear at the January 8th statement that he is trying to instill a sense of discipline within the party and trying to really push forward uh, a sense of renewal and change in the organization. And I think people like Mahashule as well as Zandile Kumere, I think there are a number of political heavyweights that have been sidelined and that won't play a larger role at the ANC party. You seem to be confident that President Cyril Ramaphosa will act on the Zondo Commission report. What action will he take? Because the NPA seems to be almost incapable of putting anybody in jail. Yeah, I think the NPA is a big concern, you know, and I think the loss of Hermani Pernier to that institution definitely is something that, you know, weakened it. I think that the one proposition of having a special court set up to deal with state capture prosecutions uh, is something to watch uh, because I think that could really fast track the process of justice, which is really what South Africans want to see, I think. It's not just about politicking. I think for the average South African, the, the question has been, you know, why haven't we seen justice for what's exactly. going on in the country? And I think that's really the bigger issue here that our opposer needs to address. I think, you know, there's a number of issues that uh, Acting Chief Justice Sondor raised in part one of his report. And I have no doubt that uh, part two will be as scintillating as part one. But the broad-based, you know, cleanup of South African procurement is something that has been an issue in the country for more than a decade. And yeah. I think, you know, this provides an opportunity for the president to really try and shut down patronage networks in the country. This in combination with something like the Political Party Funding Act, which has played quite a dramatic role in curtailing uh, some of the illicit financing of political parties in South Africa could really have a long-term effect on governance and transparency in the country. And I think these are much bigger issues that go beyond state capture that could play a real long-term role in cleaning up South African politics and enhancing transparency. So you are writing from the perspective of an international political analyst, although you're a South African. What sure. would the international community like to see? They would obviously like Ramaphosa to continue. Yes, I think uh, they would like to see Ramaphosa continue. I think uh, as a president, uh, he's been someone that's been very business friendly, encouraging investment in the country. I think what they would really like to see is an acceleration of his reform agenda. I think yeah. it's been hamstrung by 
a number of factors. Most importantly, I think, would be the inability of uh, government departments in South Africa to work together on different initiatives, which is why you see something like Operation Bulindlela having such an impact. And the centralization of power within Ramaphosa's presidency has been a continuous theme over the past two years, where you've seen powers usurp from certain line ministries into the presidency to really, to really drive change. And I think, you know, should Ramaphosa win a second term, which is likely, I think people would like to see him double down on his reform agenda, more aggressively tackle the ease of doing business in the country, cutting red tape, as well as shrinking the size of government to deal with real problematic issues like the public sector wage bill, which pose long-term risk to the country. I think his bid to clean up state-owned enterprises has gone well thus far. But there again, I think the pace of change uh, is what people would really like to see quicker. You know, the partial privatization of state-owned enterprises in South Africa was a marked change in position for the African National Congress as well as for government. And the sale of SAA was a landmark moment in the country. I think, you know, that model being implemented at other state-owned enterprises where you see the private sector and international investors become more involved in taking these assets off the South African government's books, thereby improving their ability to maintain debt consolidation efforts, um, you know, would would bode well for the uh, uh, international community as, as bondholders and as investors in the country. Well, is this going to be the ANC's last big conference? Things are not looking too good for them. It's failed to control the violent rioting, you know, after the arrest, it badly in the municipal election and has had difficulty in paying its staff. Is this its swan song? I think that's a very valid question. You know, I think the party's election results in the local government elections were definitely a wake-up call for the ANC. But I will say that I think there was something that we expected. I think the chronic levels of poor service delivery in South Africa for such a long period of time have eroded public confidence in the ruling party's ability to deliver. And, you know, yes, there are a host of contributing factors to this, but ultimately from a governance viewpoint, I think that the big issue that needs to be dealt with the ANC's behalf is partly the deployment of ANC cadres to local, national, and provincial government, but also the skill of those uh, cadres that are deployed. And I think, you know, looking at it from an international investor viewpoint, what you want mm. to really see is a more technocratic, you know, civil service being formed. And I think yeah. that really is going to be a big challenge for uh, President Ramaphosa going forward, is how do you shape a government to create a technocratic civil service that has the skills that are necessary to deal with the major challenges that you have in South Africa of high unemployment and low development. Thank you, Sri Pillay from the Eurasia Group. Thanks for speaking to us. Absolute pleasure, Linda. Uh, lovely to chat today.